0: Hey, what's up? This is Gary on. You're listening to PF Tape Recorder. That's PF. I know it sounds like TF. I know it sounds like PS. I know it sounds like PS. But it's PF, as in PF Changs, without the Changs. It's PF Tape Recorder. And if you're listening to it, that means you're listening to me, and that's normally a good thing. hello there i'm pf this is my tape recorder and welcome to another edition of the history of synth pop this is episode eight We are back in the United States. We're going to take a look at what's going on in the US in the mid to late 80s. We have an interesting situation going on uh, with synth pop in the 80s in the US. The major groups, well, they all kind of know each other. Uh, They form kind of this loose community. Uh, They open for each other when they're in each other's towns. And so uh, it's a very interesting situation we get. We are going to start in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. And with a band that features two guys who are going to go on separately to have uh, pretty good careers. One guy's going to have a a pretty decent career uh, working with some other bands. He's going to join a a big band in the 90s. Uh, Another guy is going to form a massive band and have a Hall of Fame career, uh, as it turns out. Of course, I'm talking about Trent Reznor and Andy Kay of Exotic Birds. Uh, Exotic Birds are a group founded in Cleveland in about 1982-ish. And Andy, his Full name is Ziski, but he goes by Andy K as his stage name. And he's a student at the Cleveland Institute of Music, I believe it's called. He uh, befriends uh, uh, one Trent Reznor, who has moved to Cleveland from Pennsylvania. And, uh, along with some other fellows, they form a band called Exotic Bird. Now, interestingly, if you go to YouTube, you will see a story on them from the uh, Channel 5 News in 1985. And weirdly, Trent is the spokesman, although at this point he is not really the creative force. I'm, I think he co-writes a couple of things, but really it's Andy Kay's project. Uh, he is really the creative force, and will continue to be, of course, after Trent leaves the group to form Nine Inch Nails. But, uh, they get a lot of uh, airplay locally in Cleveland. They're, they're big tune is Dancing on the Airwaves, but I'm going to play for you my favorite Exotic Birds tune uh, from the EP Loaza, which also features Dancing on the Airwaves. Uh, This is a song called This Must Be Heaven. goodbye I tried so hard to put some truth into my lies Along the way I guess I couldn't play my part I stole your love and in return you stole my heart Don't be for the sound of This must be heaven. This must be heaven written by this Andy Kay. Uh, Trent Reznor performing on that of Nine Inch Nails fame. Yes, indeed. So what happens with these kids is uh, they have a nice career through the 80s. Trent leaves, course, forms Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Andy Kay uh, uh, reforms the band with some uh, other area musicians. He winds up leaving when he is offered a job. By Matt Johnson of The The. He uh, ends up being The The's tour drummer, and I think it appears on some recordings. And then after that, uh, getting a little ahead of ourselves, well, speaking of, you know, Trent Reznor goes on to be more of the uh, industrial type of, in fact, well, maybe we'll do a separate episode about that stuff. I'm not sure we're going to go off on that tangent, but for our purposes... Um, a couple of groups, of course, you know, embrace this industrial thing. And we're going to talk about another one down the road in this group of groups we're talking about. Uh, but a group called Stabbing Westward from Chicago, their lead singer and chief songwriter leaves. Andy K, joins them after his stint with The And then he ends up writing a couple of, I would say, modern rock hits with those cats. And today, Andy K is currently doing TV and film scores. Uh, most notably, if you ever watch uh, the A&E program Storage Wars, he wrote wrote the theme song for that and does the music for that, which is really kind of westerny and a little country Weirdly, But yeah, uh, still having a great career. Of course, Trent Reznor obviously having a great career. And I believe Andy actually drummed a little bit with Nine Inch Nails, if I'm not mistaken. So that's Exotic Birds. We go to uh, two cities next, Philadelphia and New York, for a band called Book of Love. A couple of uh, art students, uh, two in New York, two in Philadelphia. They're all from the New York, Connecticut area. But they form a band. And what's happening here with primarily with this group of groups is where in England it was. You know, it was music was being heard in the clubs, obviously, but they were also getting you know some hits, minor hits, but they were also making the top forty. The synth-pop movement in the mid to late '80s in the United States with the American groups is really being driven in the clubs, and it's being driven with live performances. And this is certainly the case for Exotic Birds, uh, Book of Love, and a couple other groups we're going to talk about, including probably the biggest group in the list here. But we'll get to them in a minute. Book of Love, meanwhile, uh, they are there's one proper musician, I would say. Everybody else can play. Uh, Susan Ottaviano can sing. Uh, they form a band. They're definitely, uh, it's Ted Ottaviano definitely the creative force behind the group. Although the other members do contribute, it's not Book of Love without the other three. It's one of those cases where it's like, you know, you have a, a chief songwriter, you have a powerful creative force. And yet, even though you wouldn't think the other people are as talented for they bring something that just makes the group the group and certainly case with Book of Love. And I'm going to play you their first, the song that gets them notice in 1985, I believe it is. And it's not my very favorite Book of Love song, but it's pretty indicative of what kind of captures people's attention and leads them to getting a record deal with Sire Records. The song is called Boy. Boy by Book of Love, written by Ted Ottaviano, uh, sung by Susan Ottaviano. They are not related at all, distantly it turns out. Uh, Refer to uh, PF's third favorite band? Question mark Book of Love, and you can find out more about Book of Love. Now, uh, Exotic Birds end up opening for Book of Love. Um, Exotic Birds also are friendly with this next band from down the Turnpike in Pittsburgh. Affordable Floors, Affordable Floors. I don't consider a true synth pop group. It's like kind of what the psychedelic first became around this time. It's, it's keyboard heavy, but I include them because they're great guys. Uh, a good friend of mine was their manager for a long, long time. And, uh, you should discover them if you, if, the, if you can find them on Spotify and whatnot. Uh, really good guys. But I said, keyboard heavy. They're influenced more by like Peter Gabriel and uh, people like that. They same deal as exotic birds. Very successful in their hometown. Get a lot of airplay, get a lot of love. They work really, really hard to uh, get a single from their second album played uh, in other parts of the country, and it finally uh, charts on the college uh, music charts. I think they get it. I think they get it like twenty odd or something like that. And uh, the song is called Wedding Ring. Wedding ring from 1989. The affordable floors. They they get a record label, a record deal with uh, MCA Records, and they record an album in New Jersey with Larry Fast, who has worked with one of their heroes, Peter Gabriel. The album is ready for release, and then at this point, MCA is bought by Universal, who owned it to this day, I believe, and they clean house, man. They wipe out 44 acts off of their roster, just completely wipe them out, and decide to concentrate on. I uh, just I think on pop and dance and that's it there's no country acts no more there's no no heavy metal certainly no synth pop and alternative thank you guys we'll see you later and so they're, they're still kicking about affordable floors are um, as is book of love by the way um, so now we get to around the same time uh, a group from who's originally from minneapolis but have now transferred to new york they consider themselves a new york group because uh even though they start to have hits, and Minneapolis says, oh, yeah, we, we love these guys. They were, told me they're like, ah, we didn't really feel the love until we actually got hits other places in the country. And the group is Information Society. It's the trio of Paul Robb, James Cassidy, and Kurt Harlan Larson. They'll add more people in the group who move in and out of it. Andrea Kramer, who worked, worked with a ton of people, including uh, Golden Palomino's um, – Eurythmics, uh, uh, lots of other groups She kind of moves in and out of the group uh, Later in their career But they have a massive top ten hit uh, What well, with this song It's worked so far but we're not out yet I wanna know What you're thinking There are some things You can't hide I wanna know What you're feeling Tell me what's On your mind And I rooted that thing up the chart. I thought that for sure would get to number one. And when I first heard it, uh, Confession, I thought it was the Human League. How about that? So anyway, but uh, again, they consider themselves more of a not really a synth pop group as much as more of a, a dance group. Uh, same thing with Book of Love. That they're in, particularly those two groups are really seeing more of the their attention coming from the clubs, and they're on the club chart as opposed to the alternative chart, which is what the affordable floors are trying to work And I would say exotic birds, too, are getting more exposure on the dance charts than they are actually on alternative radio of the time. But make no mistake, this is synth-pop. So. Information Society, like I said, Paul Robb is one of the members. He starts to produce some other groups, and one of the groups he finds is a group from, I believe they are from Dallas, and they are called T for Two. Uh, they release, uh, they were not released an album until the 90s, but this kind of shows you how these guys are all becoming friendly with each other, and this is the Paul Robb produced T for Two, a song called desire From the duo of T42 from Dallas, Texas. Uh, they also do a great cover of Let Me Go by Heaven17 on this record, so do look for that. Um, still in Texas, we go over to uh, Houston where we find the Hunger. Hunger, a bit of a strange group. You may have heard of these cats. They have a big hit in the 90s, but they're more of like an uh, industrial, uh, like the aforementioned Stabbing Westward. It's uh, more guitars, it's still synth heavy, but they've released their first album uh, in 1990. And they don't know what they want to be yet. Uh, Fully one half of the album is synth-pop. It is, oh, you could almost call it syrupy. There's a a, a syrupy love song on it. There's a a dance song on it. And then the other half of the album, it just goes back and forth, is more industrial, more kind of like stabbing westward, nine-inch nails, that kind of thing. So it's it's really bizarre. But I'm going to play you a song on more of the synth-poppy side. This is one of the singles. This is a song called Tonight. from The Hunger from Houston, Texas. And we might as well just stay in Texas with a band called Machine in Motion. Uh, these guys appear around the same time. It's a, another duo. It's uh, Robert Powers, uh, real name Robert Messer, and Robin Steffen, real name Robin Barbour. And they uh, get a little airplay finally uh, with a song called World and Fascination. They are supposed to tour with Erasure. I believe they might have done a couple dates with Erasure at this point. Who And Erasure, one of the few... Synth pop groups uh, on either side of the pond, apart from Depeche Mode, they're seeing any success at getting any airplay at alternative radio. Um, this, this was the only hit that Machine in Motion, um, that yeah, the Machine in Motion had. They have another hit in the mid '90s that I've never heard of. I was looking them up, and um, they were supposed to release an album. Uh, they do not. I think it's a similar deal to Affordable Floors, a little shuffling at the record label, and uh, they were shown the door. But this is a great tune. This is called World and Fascination. Fascination from Houston's Machine in Motion. We're going to go to the West Coast for our next two acts. And we're going to go to San Diego first for the duo of Red Flag. It's uh, Chris and Mark Reynolds, brothers from Liverpool. They moved to San Diego as teenagers, I believe, because their father gets work in California. And uh, they have a lot of great tunes, but it's again coming at a time, even though the uh, the, the stations in California, the one in San Diego, uh, X97 and KROQ, are giving them a lot of love. They're having a lot of difficulty making inroads in other parts of the country even though, like a lot of these groups, people will at times mistake them for Depeche Mode, along with the next group we're going to hear. Uh, uh, Mark Reynolds looks a lot like Martin Gore, so that kind of <laughs> causes some con- confusion. Their uh, big breakthrough single, though, at least as far, uh, in alternative circles, is this song, a song called Russian Racism. Radio. Meant to stay with or it's easy for me, a doubt. As I spend my days searching for ways, love is all so is Russian, Russian radio from Red Flag, they'll release a whole album called Naive Art, which is pretty good, kids, if you can find that. It's got uh, ten really solid tracks. You get a couple of remixes. A really fine job. Uh, This story does not end as well as some of the other ones, uh, like Exotic Birds. Um, Tragically, Mark Reynolds takes his life in 2003, even though, you know, they have starting to have some success again. They're recording albums, but, you know, music business is tough, I guess, kids. And what's really strange is uh, Red Flag... You know the old trope, you know, oh, this this group is big in Japan. Alyssa Milano was big in Japan. She had a huge singing career there. Refused to release records in this country because they thought people would just laugh her right off the radio. So um, Melissa Milano is a bunch of hit records over in Japan. Cheap Trick were big in Japan, then big in the United States in their home country. But for uh, a lot of groups, not just synth pop groups, but there were a lot of people in South America love American bands. They don't care if they have hits here or not. Red Flag, Our Friends the Ocean Blue, a, gu- a guitar uh, what we call a uh, power pop band from uh, from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Massive men at work who I know you've heard and who had a fine career in the United States and Britain and their native Australia. Massive. Massive in South America, so, but uh, and they played an Information Society too. Also massive in South America. It's the strangest thing. Look some of these groups up, and you'll see them playing these huge, huge festivals down there, and people love them. But you know, apparently not enough to to make a difference. And then uh, we're going to stay in California as we go up to Sacramento for a duo called Cause and Effect. Uh, it's a duo of Sean Rowley and Robert Rowe. Uh, they will release a song called You Think You Know Her, and it will be re-released later. Uh, they get a record deal with uh, BMG slash RCA Records who have them re-record the song, and I don't like the re-recorded version. I like this version much better. The The main backing hook that, that carries the song is uh, it's it sounds like a guitar. I believe it is a sampled guitar, even though it's played live. Uh, the I believe it was uh, Robert Rowe plays this, the guitar live in concert, cause I saw him in concert before they had their record deal. Um, again, all these groups know each other. Uh, so cause and effect, anyway, it, this is their big song, still their most widely known song. It's called You Think You Know Her. Yeah, that guitar riff is just fantastic, and they they remove it for the version that they released on RCA, which is crazy. Anyway, they suffer the same fate. They release this album on RCA. Problem is, is that the label doesn't care. Doesn't promote it, don't care. They get some airplay on alternative radio at the time. Again, one of the few acts that does, but the label does absolutely nothing to promote them, and this one does not end well either. Uh, Sean Rowley is preparing, uh, along with Robert Rowe, to go out on tour with Information Society. They're going to be their opening act. Again, they're buddies. They all know each other. And he suffers an asthma attack in Information Society's hometown of Minneapolis, so severe that he has a heart attack, and he passes away. Robert Rowe continues on. Uh, I think to this day he is still cause and effect, though. I think he's put it on pause and is now concentrating on his architecture career. Which is what he trained to do originally. But yes, there you have it. There is the rundown of alternative music, or uh, synth-pop music, I should say. In the mid to late 80s, again, all these bands kind of know each other, know of each other. Some are still kicking around. Book of Love is still, uh, they're touring now and again, even though they all have uh, separate lives and projects, I think Affordable Floors are still knocking about. Information Society are releasing a new album even as we speak. It's going to come out uh, in the next week or so. Like I said, Trent Reznor, you know all about. Biggest name on the list here. And then Andy Kay, of course, stabbing westward and uh, TV and movie soundtracks. I'm not sure about the guys from T for Tour or The Hunger. But The Hunger, of course, had a big career in the 90s. Like I said, you probably know them more from their 90s output than their late 80s, early 90s output. But yeah. That's it. Synth pop in the United States in the 1980s, mid to late 1980s. Uh, We're going to move on to our song of the week in just a second. Episode 9, I haven't quite decided what we're going to do. We will probably visit, go back to Britain uh, in the late 80s and kind of move on to what's happening in the 90s. where kind of synth pop. Uh, suffer some big losses, as we should say, not in, in terms of people or anything like that, but it's the matter of public taste, I think we should we'll put. Meantime, we're on to the song of the week from a band, I think, who just had a song of the week a couple of weeks ago, but they have a brand new single out, and it's really, really good. It's BTS from South Korea, and the song is called Butter. This came out last Thursday, if you're listening to this uh, in in real time or semi-real time. Uh, the beginning of the song, I think, puts me in the mind of Nick Jonas's Levels, a little bit, but the middle of the song is really good, it's uh, I call it the bridge, uh, my daughter Liza calls it the dance break but it's it's really synthy, it's really cool, I like the sound they chose to use in it. and then later in the song they use that same bit, They're, they sing over top of that I love when songs do that, where they take another part of the song and combine with the other part of the song that's really cool, and BTS does that here uh, it is already getting airplay in the United Kingdom, I know that, BBC Radio 1 it's on their B list right now I'm sure it's going to get airplay in in the United States because of their uh, big, successful number one hit, Dynamite, and uh, their Grammy nomination, I believe. I don't think it won the Grammy Award. But here is our song of the week, PF tape recorder, BTS, Butter. So long, and thanks for listening. Smooth like butter, like a criminal undercover. gone pop like trouble, breaking into your heart like that. Ooh. Cool shade, sunup, yeah. All it will to my mother, hot like summer. Yeah, I'm making you sweat like that Break it down Ooh, When I look in the mirror I'm not too hard and